inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. All right, thanks for checking into another episode of Doing Ministry Well. I'm sitting on a beautiful lanai right now um, in Kailua Kona, and joining me is Phil Cunningham. Phil, thanks for being on the show. Yep, it's good to be here, Jim. Uh, yeah, so, Phil, I met you in 2008 here in Kona. Uh, your wife was doing the School of Photography with me. We were both students, and uh, I think one of my favorite memories of our time together was... Uh, cooking ribs for uh, the campus of uh, probably at that time was five, six hundred people yeah. and uh, just cooking uh, we, there was a giant vat of, of ribs. Yeah, no barbecue yeah. no smoker, just De- steamed ribs. Yeah yeah, and then cleaning that afterward was oh uh, a nightmare that was, yeah, I'm glad we could share that time together, yeah. that's pretty memorable yeah. Um, yeah, Phil, how long have you been in ministry? So I've been in ministry uh, with YWAM, Youth of the Mission, since uh, 94, actually. So I started in L.A. and, uh, yeah, been working the same job ever since. Nice, same job. Uh, What are you currently doing? So I work with uh, a couple of things. One is uh, YWAM Ships, which is... Uh, here, that's the reason we're in Kona. Uh, we've been here for going on three years this June, and they work with uh, the isolated and the marginalized, specifically uh, in the Pacific Islands, and so Micronesia, Marshall Islands, um, and uh, so reaching the isolated with medical education, stuff like that. So work with them, not really on those projects, but. Um, more uh, in that space, just kind of involved in leadership and trying to see things happen and doing some teaching with the schools. But the, one of the main things we do is we started a ministry called Steps of Justice about four years ago. Okay. And uh, the whole idea was to bring uh, awareness of injustice issues, mainly stuff that comes out of poverty, like trafficking or food or water issues, um, uh, preventative disease, and give real practical ways that people can get involved in those instead of just like here's the problem the world's messed up it's more like here's the problem the world's messed up and there's a call that I think um, God has on all of us to be able to love other people and so what does that mean for us to get involved and so we're trying to um, uh, get people involved in that so with doing missions trips or um daily things that they can do to engage hmm. in that uh, so that's the thing that I love most what we're doing well, that's awesome so. in, all, in all your time of, of ministry uh, what would you say has been the highlight of your ministry oh man uh, the ribs yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. <laughs> next question I think there's I think the obedience piece there's a, when we started Steps of Justice, we were in San Diego. We were there for two years. Um, we were really trying to figure out uh, where we're going, what we were doing. And life was pretty easy. We knew we had a place. Um, we had uh, good old YOM subsidized housing. Um, we, it was comfortable. And we sat down with some really good friends of ours, Chris and Jenna, and, and uh, he's a worship leader. She was a professional, uh, but like a real good storyteller, a writer. 
and we uh, he asked us, he said, well, we care about worship, you guys care about justice, what if we just did a, a tour um, of the U.S. and we went to churches and YWAM centers and homeless uh, um, shelters and talked about justice issues and gave people ways to get involved. And it was a great idea until we realized, okay, we're going to have to move. Huh. We don't want to stay in people's houses, and so we have to find a portable house. Um, so we had to buy an RV, like a travel trailer. They bought a travel trailer, and we just completely changed our way of life for a year. So hmm. we spent it on the road, and it was probably the hardest thing we've ever had to do because everything about it was unknown. Yeah. Um, we had a family. We had three kids. They had a dog. Um, and so it, it was like everything was new, uh, taking the kids out of school, doing the whole thing. But I think because we made a hard decision that we really felt was right, and we went for it, best year of my life hmm. best year of our family's life very healing for our marriage brought our family really close together our kids and each other our kids and Amy and I um, I learned how to back up a 31 foot trailer <laughs> with a F-250 diesel truck successfully uh, I only rammed into one thing and it was a gas pump Ooh. Uh, no major damage but I just think because it was such a there was such fear in this change of lifestyle mm -hmm. that when we went for it and saw God's provision in it, like we came back, we, we did these events for free. We went to 32 states. Wow. We did them for free, and with the offering money, it covered our gas and our camping cost, and then we, we were responsible for food and all that other stuff. And I think we ended the tour with um, 100 bucks. Wow. So provision, bro. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So fun. That's crazy. What uh, what's been the biggest struggle? I mean, maybe that was also the biggest struggle as well as the I, highlight. I think that was it. I think. I think there's a struggle with trying to um, have a balance of bringing awareness of justice issues and living in a first world nation hmm. where. Um, you don't see them all the time. Mm -hmm. And so there's this difficulty of um, living in the way that culture says everything's okay, um, you don't have to see problems if you don't want to, you can change the channel, uh, and having it be very easy to do that with the tension of, okay, the world is really messed up, how do I continue to engage in that? Not only personally of knowing what's going on, but what does it look like for me to walk out this stuff that I'm teaching others? If I'm teaching others about how to love others and how to do justice, does my lifestyle represent that? Or is it just something that I'm passionate about in word and not in deed? And so I think just keeping, keeping fresh in that. And, um, and I think the other thing is realizing that we care so much about poverty that you look at the external issues, um, food, hunger, mainly stuff that comes out of money, but you don't think of spiritual poverty of people that don't know the Lord hmm. and so really trying to find that balance of what does it look like to bring people in a place of giving them physical um, things that will sustain them but also realizing that the spiritual is is huge hmm. like this whole thing of uh, we don't want people going to um, heaven 
starving, but we don't want people going to hell with full bellies mm. and um, really trying to see how does that how does that work? Yeah. So. Yeah, that tension of, of living in a first world uh, nation and and uh, doing justice and just even being aware of justice. Expound on that a little bit. What are some of the daily disciplines that you have to do to keep that in check? Bro, when we moved to Hawaii, it was ridiculous. Okay, so we care about the poor, we care about injustice, and we're moving to an island in the middle of the South Pacific. Right, Good right. Lord. <laughs> um, so we... Uh, when we first got to Kona, we wanted to stay engaged with stuff, and so we were involved in, like, a, we call it dinner with friends. Every Monday night, there was a feeding program down, downtown, but we didn't want to call it a homeless feeding because it, it kind of it, it kind of just brings this stereotype of what it is. And so we just called it dinner with friends, and so we, we did this feeding program once a week. Um, I, uh, I haven't done it in a while, and so... I've been trying to figure out what to do to continue to engage. And so actually this morning, I went to Kialake Elementary School mm-hmm. in Kona. Um, they have, uh, it's, I think they have 1,040 students from kindergarten through grade, fifth grade. And um, a lot of those are ELL students, so English is a learned language. Um, a lot of those are uh, Marshallese community, uh, and a lot of them come from, pretty poor situations hmm. and so I just I, I felt like yeah it just grabbed me where it was like okay if, if you want to work with the nations um, they're right here hmm. and so uh, I was just talking to one of the teachers and we're going to commit to going there once a week um, just to serve however we can and I think the other thing we do is um, we do these trips, we do these Cambodia trips, and so we're always trying to get out of the country and serve in developing world countries, um, specifically Cambodia for us, and then um, and then just stuff here, like just learning what does it look like to love others. Hmm. So and just trying to make it a discipline and not like, you know, continually looking at your life and saying, okay, is my lifestyle really reflect what my beliefs are, hmm. and if there's a disconnect there. What can we do to change things up a little bit? Yeah, that's good. So, that's good. Um, yeah, the bulk of the show is just uh, asking people what are three practical steps uh, to doing ministry well for our listeners. If you had to share, uh, yeah, those three things. What do you think those three things would be? Three practical steps to doing ministry well. Yeah. Um, I I think the first one has to be uh, obedience hmm. because. Um, just stopping and listening to the Lord and saying, okay, where am I at? What are the things that I care about? And how can I get involved? And then just being obedient to what God's calling you to do. Um, I think we miss that. I think that um, sometimes (laughs) pterodactyls, (laughs) Jurassic Park, sometimes we live in a place uh, where we compare what other people are doing to what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, we usually come out on the worst end, where we're like, we're not doing enough. And I think there's a problem in that, because um, God's never asked us to compare ministries. He's just asked us to be obedient to what he's calling us to. And so I think the first thing is just to do what you care about, and to do what you know you're good at or gifted at, and do it well. Mm. And not compare yourself to the guy that has the big church, or the big ministry, or the huge feeding program. I think another thing would be um, 
uh, just to do something, hmm. like do something. There, there was uh, um, there was this guy in YOM that my friend was telling me about a while ago. He's like, he he was, he's always tired. He was, um, you know, living in a community, uh, developing world. He was tired. He was just kind of like uh, spinning his wheels. And and so one of the YOM leaders came in and was just like, hey, like what do you do all day? And he's like, I don't I don't really know. Like. I'm just trying to figure out what to do, but I'm exhausted and I'm kind of overwhelmed. And, and the guy was like, just do one thing and do it well. Hmm. And, uh, and when he started doing that, he got a lot more energy. He hmm. felt a lot more fulfilled. And he just did one thing well. And when he did that one thing well, he, uh, he saw other things that he could do well. I think that the next thing, you know, YOM has a lot of meetings. Drives me nuts. Yeah, youth with a meeting. Youth with a meeting. But if there's good stuff that comes out of that meeting... It's incredible. And so I think bring people around you that you can sit with, really people you love, but people will say hard things and just say, hey, like, you know who I am. You know the things we care about. Um, what am I doing that's working or what should I be doing? Hmm. And, and getting other people engaged and involved in what, in what you're doing. Not, not necessarily um, letting them tell you what to do, but I, I just think when we have the opinion of other people and the support of other people and the accountability of other people, it really helps us do ministry well because um, that's when we can come back to them and say, hey, here's what happened this week, here's what happened this week. And then they have this freedom into our lives to say, hey, how are you doing with ministry? What are you doing? How is it going? Accountability. Um, yeah, it's just good to have outside opinions. Yeah, let's expand a little bit on that on that third one. That's that's really good. Is that a is that a formal kind of meeting that you set up? Are you seeking those people out and saying, mm-hmm. you know, this is what I'd like it to look like? Or I think with us, it's it's very formal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a we have a group of people, guys and girls, with steps of justice that we connect with on a pretty regular basis. And so we have two groups. One is like um, so, our our board we've set up as a five hundred one c three, so we had to have a board. But mm-hmm. our board of directors is filled with my friends, mm-hmm. um, some who are professionals, a uh, couple who are YOMers, a uh, couple a, a pastor, and and that whole idea is okay. We care about steps. We care about ministry. Here's what we're doing. What are some other things that we can be doing? And they have the freedom to speak into our lives and say, okay, well. Um, why did you only do this much this year? Hmm. Who do you want to reach? Why are you only working in Cambodia? Um, and then we have another group of people where there's a, a few of us. Um, there's one, two, there's five of us. So my wife and I, and then uh, another guy, another two guys that work with Steps, and then one of our good friends. And that is more like, um, okay, we need to put out some more projects. Uh-huh. And so what are we doing that are reaching the churches or reaching the communities that is engaging them with justice issues and uh, um, how can we do that how can we do that better Um, and also um, just continually looking at who we are and set up as a as a ministry Uh are we are we fulfilling that in every way and if not um, what can we do to see that happen more so it's very intentional yeah I think if not you could still be really successful, but I think there's a greater chance of just kind of missing it and just kind of cruising and doing what you've always done when um, to be effective, uh, sometimes you need to change the way you do things because culture is always changing, people are always changing, and um, you can miss it pretty easily. Yeah. 
how do you how have you cultivated those relationships um yeah because asking for feedback sometimes yeah. honest feedback can be can be pretty brutal and i don't think you mm -hmm. always want to ask just any average joe to give nope. you real honest feedback yeah. uh i think two two things one it's just relationship hmm. you know i mean you know i've known each other a long time mm -hmm. i could ask you stuff mm -hmm. pretty easily because you know we have a history you've you, we've followed each other for a bunch of years on online and connected a couple times but I think the other thing is not letting yourself be offended hmm. by hard words. And so realizing that the people that you love, if they're speaking truth into your life, um, they're not trying to hurt you. They're just trying to help you. It's like the whole thing with repentance, that if you're trying to be more like Jesus, um, and Jesus points out stuff in your life to say, okay, if you want to look more like me, um, you got to stop um, getting so... Uh, easily angered hmm. or you got to stop um, you know these little white lies where you're compromising on certain things and we can say uh, oh that sucks I don't want to or we can say yeah you're right if I want to look more like Jesus the things that he's pointing out in my life are it's a gift hmm. to help us look like like him more and so with people if 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 we let ourselves get offended, we're always going to be shutting down and we're never going to grow. But if we have an unoffendable heart, they can say hard things to us and we know that they love us. We can, you know, maybe take that short time of just self-pity, woe is me, oh, I suck, get over it fast and just like say, okay, I'm going to change. Huh. That's totally. good. That's but it's hard. I mean, it's, I think it falls on us, you know. A lot. I think it falls on us, and uh, I think most people um, just kind of shut down, become offended, push it away. Um, but it's those people that are like, "Yeah, you're right," because we know. I mean, like, <laughs> I do this workout thing, and and if if someone says, "Well, oh, you're you uh, you know you're doing your push-ups, but you're not going down all the way," and so you're like you're totally like cutting a corner on this. I know that. And right. I'm like, okay, you're right. They totally saw me. But when someone questions our, our, our ministry or our walk with the Lord, we're like, who are they to question me? Like, what right. about them? What are they doing? And it's just so, we take it so friggin' personally. Hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know why that is. Hmm. But uh, I, think, I think that you just, you need people that love you, that have permission to speak in your life, and you got to receive it. Hmm. You know? That's good. That's good. Phil, something I've always really admired about you is just your your daily disciplines. Um, yeah, I've just I've just seen you as a disciplined person. Uh, I remember doing a photo story for you and your 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 morning routine. You know, you were just yeah. going through some some written prayers and and I know that you set alarms throughout the day at different times. So got pray. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So yeah, just talk a little bit about your uh, daily disciplines. So um, I have a few. Um, I, you know, for me, I set alarms on my phone to pray for stuff because if I don't, I'm just going to forget. Hmm. Um, so I have a 10 a.m. to uh, remind me to pray for thanks. Just thankful that God's given me the things that I have. I have uh, one at uh, 1.15 that is a prayer for justice. Uh, one to pray for my wife and the other to pray for uh, my kids. Um, now, these aren't like I'm stopping, getting my knees, praying for five minutes. It's like prayer of thanks goes on I'm sitting in a meeting with Jim Baker and I'm like oh yeah thanks God for today like it's just a stop 
and you go. Um, the other thing I do is I um, the first thing I do before I get out of bed is so my alarm goes off and I'm trying to hit the ground by six. Um, I just read the Psalm of the day. So today I read Psalm 27, um, and most of the time I don't remember what I read, but it's the first thing that I want coming into my heart, mm. in my mind. Um, and then I just try and spend some time in the morning, whether it be getting some work done, but I'm trying to, I have a prayer list that I go through a few days a week, I'm trying to read uh, just before my kids get up, so I have some sort of a sense of what God's saying for me through the day. Um, and so those are some spiritual disciplines I have. I actually started working out. All right. Yep. I hate it. <laughs> but it's the days that I hate it that I realize are the days that I need to go. Hmm. Because if, uh, if I decide not to go one day because I don't feel like it, well, then the next time I don't feel like it, I'm not going to go either. Right. And when you're doing something that is discipline, whether it be like the food you eat or the, your exercise or even like um, stuff in your spiritual life, if you just are like, if you give into that thing where if it's hard, you're not going to go, you're not going to do it. Just makes it easier to not do that the next time. Mm. So, I think, for me, it's that first step. There's this book by Donald Miller called Scary Close. Have you read this? Mm-mm. Talks about this thing of. There's this story he tells about. He's on this. He's on a dock, and when he writes books, he goes to this retreat center, this um, this house, and there's a dock there. And he talks about how it was a super hot day, and he stands on the dock. It's a foot off the water. He's got his uh, you know his, his swimsuit on. And he knows that when he gets in the water, he's going to be refreshed. He's going to be, um, it's going to feel good. He's going to be refreshed. He's going to be satisfied. And he's going to swim for, you know, a while. But it's that step into the water, that that change, that most people stop at. Hmm. Where it's like, I know this side is good. And I know I'm not satisfied where I'm at. But the actual step to do change is hard hmm. so the step to go into the gym is hard the step to <clears throat> not have the tub of ice cream or chips or whatever right right before bed when you're hungry and snacky it's hard but I think when you take those those steps of change continuously it's and life's better it's hmm. good it's good yeah, but not that chips and ice cream are bad. Just not right before you go to bed. <laughs> How about a giant Nevada ribs? Maybe. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, what's been inspiring you lately? Has there been a book, a resource, a, a video, a website, a conversation? What's what's really served as a as a place of inspiration for you recently? Um, a couple things. One is um, I think uh, communication. Trying to communicate well with my wife with Amy because I'm I'm more of a guy that has an idea and runs with it but learning to communicate with her has been inspiring because I've seen that it, she uh, she likes me more huh. when I do that there's more peace in our marriage um, she loves me all the time but she just likes me when I'm yeah the other thing is uh, um, I just read this book Unbroken this, have you seen this? The, the, they just made a movie out of it, yeah. yeah. My it. wife just read it. Yeah, it's kind of been uh, sticking with me hmm. because it was um, just uh, this, and I don't, I don't know why. I think God's doing something through it. 
I'm still trying to walk it through to figure it out what it is, but um, just maybe me being passionate about life, hmm. regardless of what, what happens, not letting myself be beat down. Um, yeah, and the other thing is there's this album I just got by um, Steve Schellert, Songs of Sorrow, Songs of Hope, that's incredible. Hmm. He's uh, uh, Yeah, he's a worship leader, and uh, it's, it's all about the tension of living passionately for justice and it's actually the first album i've ever listened to that is very strongly about justice issues hmm. and uh, just about the injustice in the world and how as followers of jesus we need to be engaging with those so hmm. yeah good. a few of those things <clears throat> and uh yeah today was one of those big things i was thinking out here um and i felt like god said that um he wants me to be less of a consumer and more of a contributor hmm. and less of someone who sits around waiting for people to come and tell me how good I'm doing and more of someone who's engaging with other people and hmm. encouraging them because um, it's easy to sit around and let people praise you but it's hard to say um, I want to be that guy that is the encourager um, I'm going to be the guy that isn't getting all the glory anymore I'm, I'm going to be the guy giving it hmm. so that was that was something. That's actually why I went to the uh, elementary school today, because hmm. I want to contribute more and be less of a consumer of people's words or a consumer of stuff or a consumer of, um, you know, feeling good about myself. Hmm. So. Good. good. Yeah. Yeah, Phil, that was that was good. I mean, uh, just the whole like step portion of things too. That that step that's hard. If if uh, our listeners really want to take that first step uh, with justice yeah. issues, what what would you recommend them doing? Um, I I think it's easy. I think there's some things that you can do uh, locally. Like if there is uh, um, some ministries in your town, wherever you live, like a homeless shelter or a, um, somewhere works with refugees or that you can just say, hey, can, can I um, spend one day a month, one day a week here? Um, maybe the other thing that God's been putting on my heart lately is carrying stuff in your car. There's always people in Kona that are standing on the side of the street with a sign. And uh, I don't want to give them money. I will give them money, but that's not my first thing. Um, so I end up giving them nothing. Uh, but God's been just saying, why don't you uh, carry stuff in your car that you could give away like if you go to the grocery store um buy you know one thing more that you usually would apples or um bottled water and keep stuff in your car and i think i wanted to do this for our kids so that when you're driving by someone on the side of the road that says a sign that says i'm hungry or i'm poor or i need money or i need work you can just give someone something hmm. i think that those are super easy ways um i think the other thing is Try and figure out what you're passionate about and what kind of moves you in regards to justice, um, whether it be uh, issues of water or food or education or gender, and just start learning about these things. Uh-huh. And then ask God to open your, our eyes to some of those needs in our own community. It's like sometimes we don't see stuff. Um, like for cars, sometimes you don't see a car, and then all of a sudden you buy that car, and everybody has that right, car. Right. Or your name. You you uh, you've never heard this name before, and then you name your kid that, and every kid <laughs> that you meet has that name all of a sudden. I think it's the same with justice that we we're trained 
not to look or not to see difficult things unless it's plastered on CNN or BBC. But when we start to educate ourselves about issues, we start to see that those issues are all around us. And then it inspires us to uh, actively engage in them more. Huh. So, That's yeah. good. That's so. good. Phil, it's been really great to have you on the show. Would you just uh, pray for our listeners? Yep, for sure. Yeah, Jesus, thanks for, uh, thanks for this time. Um, thanks that you are the God who uh, has all great ideas. You are the God that, that uh, shows us how to love others. Um, and so I pray that just right now, even something that you've spoken in the last uh, um, few minutes in this that would really penetrate us in our hearts and our minds and that we would be spurred to action, God. I pray for uh, um, good friendships. Thanks for the friendship I have with Jim. And, and, uh, and I pray that uh, everyone listening would have good friendships. Mm. Not just wait for good friendships to happen, but pursue friendship. Pursue other people. Serve other people. And that they would be surprised by the people that you're bringing into their lives. Um, I pray that you help us to do something and not just become uh, passive and apathetic and um, non-confrontational, but we would be people that really uh, want to be um, world changers on a level of what's right in front of our faces, God. And um, yeah, help us to be brave enough and uh, have enough courage to respond in obedience to the things that you're calling us to do. I think we all know what you want us to do. We all know... Um, some things you're calling us to some hard things that you want us to be involved in and some life changes help us to have the courage to say yes to you in those things and to uh, look more like you and less like us and less like the world so yeah we love you in Jesus name Amen Amen thanks so much Phil if you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well you can help us out by rating commenting and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources mentioned on this episode. To find out more about Doing Ministry Well, check out our website, www.doingministrywell.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on who we should interview next, email us at doingministrywell at gmail.com. To find out more about me, your hosts, visit my blog at www.jimjessbaker.com. That's www.jimjessasinjessicabaker.com. All links are Amazon affiliate links and help us out when you make a purchase through them.